Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Here with Forrest Dickinson, expert in all things Starlink, County Fair, and Papua New Guinea. Yeah, well. uh, welcome, Forrest, and this is exactly what Stories Are Soul Food is like, where we talk about whatever is on the tip of our brain. Yep. And in this ki- in this situation, though, we're here to discuss the creation of a new character, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. I thought that would be fun to talk to you both. I, I need to grab the old book because you guys created this character uh, uh, yep. 10 years ago. I'll, I'll yeah. run and grab it. In, in fact, office, we thought but... of the entire concept of a black sheep. Nobody's ever yeah. used that. The character is, trope for those of you who can't see, blah, blah, black sheep. There's well, a big blog poster on the wall right there. Yep. The oh, audio right. the audio uh, yeah. podcast folk will have to check the link. Yeah, blah, blah. It. Um, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Or go to blahblahkids.com, I think is it. Uh, the exact place that you should go to see everything you want. But uh, All things blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so it's a kid's story that Nate wrote <laughs> back in 20... Whenever. 20 whatever, 12. Long time ago, my uh, youngest was a toddler. And could not say Bob Bob Black Sheep. And this is where a lot of inspiration comes from. So when we would do the Bob Bob Black Sheep rhyme, it was always blah blah black sheep. Which I thought wow. was I've never heard this origin story. Yeah. So it was blah blah. And so we started calling, you know, in the rhyme, it was just always blah blah. And we would say that. It's kinda of, when your kids screw up their speech, yeah. It's hard not to parrot them. Yeah. And so my eldest said instertine instead of interesting and so in our family we still say instertine like <laughs> lots of people will be like mm, instertine <laughs> i mean yeah dark vader and yeah. uh, obi-wan obi-wan kenobio we don't we round don't. john virgin was yeah. my older sisters what's that <laughs> what oh round from, john silver Long no john no silver. no from the from the from the christmas song round john virgin uh, round john virgin <laughs> No, that's a character that has to Round John. Around, yeah, we around, meet again. Around John Virgin. Um, uh, I think for, anyways, I got the proofs. I thought, you know, many people don't get to see what it's like to make a book. And although these proofs have things that are changed. It I takes thought, a lot of scissors and glue. Yeah, yeah. I thought Forrest would pull them out <laughs> while I go get. So long. <laughs> just gluing and gluing. I thought Forrest could show off his cover. Um, Did you? And right. discuss it. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to go actually grab the old board book while you Yeah, show you the, do that and while, show while you can. Um, peruse show camera <laughs> uh, the, but the backstory is yeah the backstory is that we did two books together two board books hello ninja and blah blah black sheep uh, hello ninja as everybody knows went kind of out of control and then ended up we both ended yeah, up working that's on a good way to describe it yeah and we both ended up working on all 40 episodes on netflix so forrest was involved in that whole process of making the hello ninja show blah blah black sheep sold out of its board book inventory canon at the time was discovering that managing board books was incredibly difficult and inventory was expensive and the rules of board book production are also very very high because a kid needs to be able to eat it basically and be fine (laughs) so it has to both resist saliva but also be fully edible and without any kind of damage. So if your kid ate the entire board book, well done them. <laughs> well done them. They're not they're not going to be sick. Along with those sar- sharpie signatures that we did along the side. Yeah. yeah. And so we had to we had to figure so the the coding on on 
the coding on these board books, there's the original board book, the coding <laughs> on these things has to be really, really resistant to things like spit, but also to Sharpies. So when you try to <laughs> sign it, you can't sign it. And so we would have to like autograph the white cut pages on the edges. But blah, blah, we sold out an inventory and I don't know where Brian got this one because that's worth a ton of money. Yeah, like $400 on Amazon. I have one display copy. They actually got up to a place where they were selling used for hundreds of dollars. on, Or at least listed for hundreds of dollars. Selling. Selling? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Did you buy one? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I know somebody who did. Actually bought one for like $185. Well, we didn't get anything out of it. Well, still. The Amazon arbitration team. Yeah. Uh, so this it became a very um, hard to find because we were we were focused on Hello Ninja. We were doing the Hello Ninja TV show. Blah, blah. Sold out. We decided to convert it to a picture book, do a longer format, uh, we, which we were doing with Hello Ninja as well. Hello Ninja ran amok and we sold it to HarperCollins. And they were handling all the inventory there. There's Hello Ninja picture book. Hello Ninja follow-up picture book, Hello Ninja, I can read books. Uh, those are all out and about. But then Blah Blah was sitting here, we needed to circle back and really do right by it. Um, because it really did go. Like, it went. It There's a lot of people who liked yeah. it better than Hello Ninja. It and was more than boutique. A lot of these uh, kids' picture books are just like that first print run, and then yeah. they disappear. But Forrest, talk to us about these two characters. <laughs> I think Forrest will hate this because he now no longer loves to see that picture on the front. I still like it. No, it has it has a hokey charm that yeah. ought not to be replicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, I disagree, but it's okay. <laughs> so if, yeah, kind of a, a mulish looking sheep. Yeah, monkey. we're not quite sure. I mean, it's, it's we a, know it's, it's a, a sheep donkey. because of yeah, because <laughs> it has the word sheep above it. <laughs> but also it's sort of uh based on the Wallace and Gromit world where um it's very clay. Claymation, claymation style yeah, yeah. um with some insect eyebrows yeah whatever popping, up, popping off the eyeball hard-boiled eggs it actually i think this i think this worked really well forrest wants to just beat no. it up and he's being that that artist <laughs> it's my job literally i know it is literally his job to be that artist but and yet dear viewer look at that and know that's a fantastic sheep for, a, for a board book fond of this blah blah the original yeah, incarnation yeah. the 2013 blah but blah for some reason we gave in to the diva i will tell you my reasoning. <laughs> listen pre-trump it was primarily emotional but there were some lines of logic in therefore there. not reasoning <laughs> emotional reasoning that's a thing so, no i think he does listen to it he's got okay, real okay let's hear it he so convinced we, me we gave it the hello ninja treatment where we sort of ballooned the middle gave it more of a narrative arc yep. and quite possibly a show yeah, which is on the cover. So I oh, we're making we're making we're a ma- show. We're doing it. We're making a show for blah blah. So let it be heard. Let it right be here. Known. We're announcing it uh, an today. Show I thought soon to be shown to the Papua New Guineans via Canon Plus That's via right. Starlink. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Forrest Not will be if like, I have anything to say about Forrest, it. <laughs> will, Forrest will tell his daughters like, "Hey, I made a show. Isn't it awesome?" And they'll be like, "Where are the pigs? Yeah. Where are you? Yawn. You always Boring. make shows, Dad. I know. Um, where was I?" Okay, so soon to be a show. Soon to be a show. Blah blah. It. I look at this sheep and I. I'm grateful for it. Fond of it. It is not. It was not the sheep that I wanted. You were uh, in college. I was in college and I didn't know any better. So this is what happened. I think you were uh, unmarried. I was unmarried. I had no kids. I was in college. This is. <laughs> I 
I had probably not seen a sheep before. (laughs) (laughs) You'd never gone to the fair. Living in North Idaho, I'd seen sheep, but maybe not really paid attention. I had not, you know, seen a sheep. And uh, (laughs) so, (laughs) this is all false, but it's great. It's great content. Uh, So, I thought this, the new design, 2.0, it needed to carry a, a show. It needed to carry an arc. This this new sheep needed to be someone that we could relate to on more than just uh, a level of sort of, sort of pity. <laughs> we like the sheep because we a feel little bad. Bit, he's a little whimsical, I guess. This one? Yeah. Uh, or do you think he's just word, yeah, weird looking? He's just weird. And we like him, but we don't want to be him. Be him, maybe. His design was maybe getting in the way of uh, a more sophisticated... Character structure. Character. 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 Okay, now hold, now hold up. The now hold up so the other one. This has the. Uh, is the other? It's this, in there somewhere. But the, uh, take the. Yeah, just take that off. So the thing that goes over the top is the. There it goes. The foil stamp or the gloss. Yeah, spot glossing, and you can see it over there behind Nate. But I'll hold it up to that camera. Yeah, this one. Uh, here's the new one. Different. A little more uh, uh, traditional. Let's say not as not as goofy looking, um, but certainly not claymation anymore. Right? No, not so it's not anymore. so round. I was gearing it, yeah, something that could be um, handled comfortably in traditional animation, um, and because we were going away from the quirky weirdness of the first one, the easy the easy thing I to do was because to, Forrest was going away from because the I was going weirdness. to I was going to a more mature place <laughs> artistically. I thought. Definitely going to a different place. <laughs> <laughs> These are all good choices. Keep going. Don't let no. them derail you. <laughs> Look, this new sheep, I love the old one. I love the new one more. And they're just different. It just needed. It the just new needed, one's fantastic. It's, it you is, you it wanted is. him to and be able to have more expression on his face. More expression than just, like, than just like a wall-eyed, googly zaniness, which is fun, but can only get you so far. Right. Uh, this sheep needed to be able to defend the farm he needed to be able to uh speak the other one's mouth might not have worked <laughs> this, oh yeah this one also needed on, honestly board books are fundamentally for toddlers yeah you know and you want the you want the character design to be squishy and huggable and as like, edible as possible yeah just a, a toy a little you know a weird friend yeah. um <laughs> but Moving up the way we're doing to a picture book, we would like this to be, especially because we're developing a show at the same time, we do need it to be more broadly accessible yeah. to an eight-year-old, to a seven-year-old, getting into more of the family co-viewing that we would like where little kids can love it, but slightly more sophisticated kids right. can also enjoy. And so I, th- I do think, as much as I was heckling you, in order to uh, expand the market of blah blah beyond a preschool board book and preschool show, which Hello Ninja was fundamentally preschool as we developed it, but then artistically we pushed it and it became a seven and up show. Right. But they, you know, at the outset they were they were chasing preschool, 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 and it was too sophisticated and too uh, in a good way and broader than just that and so we ended up with right. a, a seven and up show blah blah is going to just starting at that seven and up and it's probably a seven to ten you know like we're we're in yeah. that in that vein and we want to be want it to be funny enough older kids can tune in and like it 
accessible and warm enough that little kids can watch and enjoy. Uh, but we learned a lot on Hello Ninja. And because yeah. we did we did both of these board books and one of them went nuts and we end up doing 40, ep- 40 episodes of production and, and art consulting is, is a lot. And we did all that and now we've come back around. And this and one, honestly, you can go back and look at the Hello Ninja board book and see yeah. that Wesley's Character similarly design. different yeah. right he's like yeah. a balloon with ears and yeah. on, in the, in and the he's original. still well he's it's it's he's more clay yeah. He, yeah he's also in that more claymation zone and as we took it towards the show and as we were developing hello ninja into a picture book as opposed to a board book the character design became a lot more sophisticated right and i was in college for both i think i did hello ninja first and then we yeah. needed something to put on the back of hello ninja so we did blah blah as well but my yeah. you know i they both look kind of like claymation because that was the limit of my artistic ability at the time to to render light and texture and um, form. It just ended up looking kind of clay claymation-y. Um, but then once we got into the show, I figured out more things <laughs> and was working with. He became a, a grown-up and was yeah. being an artist I, and and worked with a lot of. You were able to allow like what me. you like to look at to dictate a little more of what you were drawing rather than just what's the highest level I can execute. Is that a good way to yeah, put it? Yeah. Cause you were thinking, I really like Hergé, Tintin, Bill right. Pete. How do I get that kind of classic illustration style into overlaid on Miyazaki? Yep. Right. You know, so NC Wyeth in there. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, a little drama, pirate drama. I think, there. I think that more Glenn Dean than Wyeth. These days, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a journey. And it's, yeah, it's you like, know, <laughs> my taste changes but, weekly. <laughs> so it's, that is so not true for us. No, it's not true. <laughs> there's, so there's, so there's, when there's we started just... and Forrest was in college, uh, when we when we started, and incidentally, I was paying him to illustrate these, like what you'd pay somebody to mow your lawn. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it worked out though. Yeah, it did. It it did. Uh, I believed in them. And so I gave him, I gave him ownership in Hello Ninja because I didn't want people to think that I exploited a child. <laughs> and so I was like, it'll be, yeah. it'll become something. And then, you know, I don't want to feel guilty. So it, it worked out. But, um, both of us have always loved Miyazaki and both of us have wanted Miyazaki in what we do and to do this Western Americanized or very Americana. Um, I still have tons of just Miyazaki concepts and images just floating around in my head yeah. for the West. You know, for the farms of the West and grain silos and our sky, big sky country, especially. So when we were leaving the claymation of the board book and moving towards the show, the development of the show, Hell Ninja, Miyazaki started showing up pretty fast, you know, just in terms of backgrounds and big paint, you know, painted clouds. And, and that's just not possible going from what we were going from into CG. Right. It was just not going to be that. Uh, and it's so yeah bill pete and and others are obviously influencing the illustrations now but so is our old friend miyazaki always and no. more and more directly yeah. this time than yep. than in hello ninja so hello ninja the form we just went from clay which is very 3d so like a clay illustration style into an actual 3d cg show well, i think what this will be a 2d this is our plans yeah. are for this to be a two-dimensional like you know actual animated old school animated show and it's gonna it is gonna be bill pete informed but it's also very uh very much totoro and yeah no i'm 
there's elements of the blah blah character design and the rest of the characters as well not all of them are, that are shown here but that i grabbed directly from old miyazaki shows in the 70s my girls flesh I'd, them out forest flesh well, out a couple of favorites is future boy conan, future boy conan is fantastic my girls and i have done laps through that and it's uh it's just good it's a little clean, weird fun. if you are into it but super where is fun. it that streaming now streaming Amazon on Prime. canon plus right no soon <laughs> come on brian just, just give me, I've been, give me a I've bit been, not that i haven't tried so amazon prime do this <laughs> so amazon prime future boy conan check it okay. out okay um you hear that lucia <laughs> <laughs> go watch don't it. don't you have one. to actually buy hard copies i had to buy you can it. uh wade or, wade from the wade show bought a hard copy yeah i got one too right so his, i'll loan his it boys lucia. are all about it it's 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 probably one of my favorite miyazaki things and enough. it's but it is streaming now it is Oh, they must have just added streaming. Wait, where? Amazon Prime. Oh, yes. Yeah. You didn't have to order a DVD no, I, or Blu-ray. I bought it on I just bought bought it on Amazon Prime, you know, the, the digital version. Yeah. And then it went away for a month as I was recommending it to everybody so no one could find it. And then it came Perfect. back apparently. So yeah. or something, okay. something like that. Anyways, Future Boy Conan is great. And then Miyazaki spent a short amount of time on a show called Sherlock Hound, which is what it sounds like <laughs> of weird Japanese uh, canine version of Sherlock Holmes. And it's just chase scenes about, you know, in England where you've, so you've got uh, Sherlock Hound and Watson and uh, Moriarty and this and his two henchmen, just the most elaborate hand-drawn TV chase scenes you could want. And for like six episodes. And then he left to go make, I think Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. But wow. That's fun. So but, you yeah. can definitely see that sort of simplistic character on top of a very full background. It's just beautiful to look at. Simplistic is probably the yeah. wrong word. Yeah, but that was offensive. I, I saw that got to Forrest Hart. <laughs> Redu- <laughs> These are not simple. Uh, sort Reduced. of re- reductive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, placeholder. Crayon. Crayon. Or true. You know, just <laughs> yeah. we talk a lot. You did talk a lot about whiskey on this show. His his characters are very distilled. Yep. Caricatures of of real people. Which is why I like them and I show my girls as much as is appropriate for that age because they his his stories and his characters treat them he he treats his audience like adults, even though they're kids. So there's a way to treat kids like adults that's just way over their heads and not helpful. It's kind of gross, yeah. There's a there, most of uh what's on the TV today is just it's just pandering, patronizing, and makes your kids no, well, I mean, I mean, nothing pick, to aspire pick to. something like Octonauts, which changed an entire course of like Netflix kid animation feels like it drove behind Octonauts for a solid six years. Uh, yep. And everything became that sort of cut out. Octonauts, yeah. Paw Patrol. Right. Yeah. And, Octonauts and is okay, I think. I, I like the show, like but the art, episode. when you compare the art with what it's yeah. trying to do versus something like Miyazaki, that's what you mean. Like it treats them like adults. Well, it's, not just the art, but also just like timing. You know, what's funny, what's true, what are characters actually like. Miyazaki's a very uh, excellent observer of humanity. And so he's giving, he's doing his very best as a pagan to give you what he sees, which is similar to like Pratchett or somebody who's like, he, he, he's giving you the truth. And, you know, there's all the weirdness that comes in with that when you're not. When you, you don't, don't have all the truth. the truth. Yeah. Yeah, but, but what you're it's, saying it's closer than what a yeah. lot of other stuff. So 
Closer than VeggieTales. Indeed. <laughs> so, Ooh. Um, basically, I, th- I think with Miyazaki, you have unpatronized viewers in your settings. I think like you're talking about the painter, the big painted backgrounds, and you're not giving kids stupid clouds because you think they're stupid, right? And they don't deserve a good cloud. You're give you're yeah creating beauty on the screen and you're creating beautiful frames. And even though you do have a very reduced, uh, very, very reduced minimalistic character design that has actually been traditionally Japanese culture where they are the strongest. So even in their script, in, in their interior design, in their architecture, in their sushi, it's all about really, really mastering subtlety. Mm. Like how, tiny changes and you know and chasing perfection in uh in you know with a reduction yeah. with a reduction yeah. of variables you're reducing variables yeah and you're you're chasing perfection i think it's something that their culture has done very very well for a very long time and it comes out there and it's interesting to me that he doesn't do it to the world i've always found this odd that yeah. he he behaves as you know with centuries of Japanese artistic tradition behind him, he treats his characters that way. Right. But he doesn't treat uh, the landscapes that way. He doesn't treat the sky that way. He, he tried to present that in opulence. Like there's this, you know, the, the world is presented in crazy reflective glory, you know? And I think, I think of the train scene in spirited away and the you know through the water and and all the stuff he's doing with the sky and colors there while you have no face sitting there in silence yeah <laughs> you know and it's yeah and no face's design is just he re- has no face yeah he's yeah. he's a totem you know right. there's a he's he's a symbol but there's all this complexity in the art around and then there's this japanese simplicity that shows up in the character in the character work that i've always found very very odd and interesting i've also found it weird that he doesn't try to be reductive with his machines either. Yeah. So when he's doing a plane, uh, you know, any any number of things, he right. does he doesn't get reductive. The airships from Castle in the Sky, and, yeah, and the weaponry too is pretty yeah. fun. Future Boy Conan yeah. has the whole plant, that whole planet, the industrial thing right. they're running through, getting chased. He's, yeah, he's he's often quoted as, or he's he hates it when. Uh, He's he's operating in a world where most of these his fellow artists are drawing things just because they're cool or like the the mecha anime in Japan is massive, but he's he's always more interested in the character inside the cockpit, or, yeah. Um, than he is in just the coolness of the yep. machine or whatever, and so that translates to machines that are like a typewriter. They just feel more human than something that's been sort of designed to death like I every was, car that's been that's being made right now yeah i was gonna say it seems like he also did that with stories like he refused to do what a lot of the creatives in the in the japanese world are doing now with refusing to do a, a simple three-act story i'm thinking of like kafka on the shore and some of the 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 lit the literary masterpieces coming out of japan are basically you know they have sudden rainfalls of fish in the middle of the novel for no reason or they have you know, not for no reason. There was a water spout <laughs> some ways away. You just don't get to see why. Like you try to find an explanation for it and then you realize, oh, he 
did not want there to be one. He wanted it to be just well, were incomprehensible. There were drugs involved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and for, for uh, what's that doc you, you recommended to me that, about Miyazaki that we all watched? Uh, uh, Kingdom of Dreams. Yeah. yeah. Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, right? I didn't watch that one, I don't think. Uh, I don't know if I recommended it to you. You just told me you watched it. So I watched it too. It was interesting to watch his obsession with the tiny details of something that feels pretty effortless and also for children. Right. So, right. so he had, does have that, yeah. <laughs> that Asian, he's, he's willing, yeah. Japanese he obsession with detail. Approaches every story that he tells with like life and death conviction, which is funny because it is just a cartoon at the end of the day, but um, he really means it. So he can sell things that you couldn't, you can't sell that if you don't like actually believe it yourself. And so, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's we've complained. No we've complained about how a lot of stories are not genuine. I mean, they don't intend what they're trying to show. Yeah. they're bathos or they're backing out of it. It's Marvel. Yeah, any sad scene will be cut with humor. Any the funny scene will be cut with. They're like, insecure, and so they leave something in for the audience. Break the fourth wall, and just just so you know, this is kind of silly, but maybe not. I don't know. You you decide. <laughs> yeah, I guess that allows Miyazaki's scenes to sometimes fail, but it yeah. it also allows them to massively hit it out of the park. Anyways, that's what blah blah black sheep does. <laughs> totally. Uh, actually, yeah, no, I, I do think that creators very very frequently don't have the courage of their convictions, and they hedge they hedge a bet. They always kind of hedge the bet, and I mean athletes do this too, where like they kind of go full speed, they kind of like kind of pursue it all the way, but they don't want to say just outright this is what they're trying to do. Period, and they're sweating for it because. They need to accommodate themselves to the possibility of failure. Right. And art, artists do that all the time. Um, we're on full send on blah, blah. There's no, yeah. we're, we've burnt the bridges and the boats. Um, and we're going to, we're going to do this thing. So the picture book's coming. It has an arc. I actually think it's, it's happening now because of a pot shot that you threw at me on this podcast at some point. <laughs> what did i say <laughs> well you you said something about i needed to go expand blah blah oh yeah know? that's right and i i had nate said so many ages ago and there was and we revealed that we're all busy <laughs> <laughs> well yeah because we're all like yeah we expanded ninja and then we we're gonna do the same thing with blah blah 10 years later <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. yeah uh but and two years after i did it right well <laughs> three four how many years after I expanded the? It was just text? after your brain tumor stuff. So, Ooh. so six or seven years. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because I remember it was like the year after. Oh boy, Nate wrote it. He was like, "This is <laughs> this is this is done now." We found one line that didn't rhyme and went back and forth on that one. And maybe that was that was probably why we thought it wasn't complete. Does Nate no. know this one rhyme? And that line is still in there. Yeah. Oh, you kept it. I kept. I it. gave him a rhyming alternative, but I liked it not rhyming. It was supposed to not rhyme. Yeah, we but I did give you a good rhyming alternative. This we'll have to release a second book. Yeah, that's rhyming, blah blah yeah. with the rhyming line. <laughs> the director's cut, <laughs> which we as we all know is worse. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it was the rhyming line was not as good. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. But so, anyways, one thing I like about this one is is I thought I think it'd be kind of fun to talk rebels and what yeah, exactly yeah. yeah the story troublemakers and how much more you get of the picture here. Finding out, I think the sheep, the other the flock gets a lot more personality here. Um, in the first one, and then so does the snake. Never before. This is actually why we waited so long, is because never before were there so many sheeple just everywhere. 
Oh man, it wouldn't and, have sold as well. And now we have so many COVID. sheeple, and yeah. all of your children need to be thinking. You, you want your kids to be black sheep now. Yeah, like this is a a thing that we actually want. So if you are faithful, don't rebel, don't struggle with identity, don't struggle with substance abuse or you know general godlessness in the West right now. If you grow up without having major apostasy live in the church, get married in the church, raise kids in the church. You are as punk rock as it gets right now. Like that's just so bizarre. Countercultural. Yeah. Incredible. Fun inc- moment to be alive and make yeah. a sheep, make a, a show about a black sheep. Yeah. So the, the black sheep concept has been old, right? And it's been used multiple ways. It's been used to defend uh, things that are out of norms that shouldn't be. And, you know, so any kind of outlaw story is this way. Any kind of rebellion against oppression or tyranny story uh, has been used for propaganda for uh, a, a godless rebellion. Yeah, sure. As the well. footloose, the footloose method. Yeah. So there's there's the godless rebellions. There are revolutionaries like Martin Luther, and there are revolutionaries like Robespierre. And there's there's Athanasius standing contra mundum. There are people who are willing to be black sheep when all the world was ready to go you know, anti-Trinitarian, he was, he was not, uh, there was our dear friend, Santa Claus punching Arius in the face. There's all these, these different times when black sheep. Yeah. And Luther is an example of a black sheep. John Calvin's an example of a black sheep. The founding fathers are examples of black sheep. Like it just, all these people who hit a line and they say, no, actually we're doing this differently. They refuse to just conform to the assumptions of the culture surrounding them. And then buck, you know, and and push. So it matters a lot who's telling a black sheep story because a black sheep story. Yeah. You can have blah, blah, or you can have James Dean rebel without a cause. Yeah. Right. And yep. those are both things that are pretty viscerally effective and grab people right away. Yep. And so rebelling against authority is actually a really important thing for Christians to be able to do. And it's also a really dangerous and deadly thing to, you know, to do. So it's, it's like a gun and talking about gun control, you know, where it's just being a Berean on the one hand is rebelling against authority. If somebody comes and tells you something contra this gospel, like. Yeah. So Paul shows uh, up and says, Hey, everything you've known up till now is now fulfilled. You're now Christians. Yep. Different from. Second Temple Jews. And if anyone tells you anything different than what I've told you, including myself or the angels, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like let him be damned. Yeah. And, and let, then let the, Berean, the Bereans yeah. say, hey, let's go check this out in the scriptures yeah. and, and see if yeah. you're right. And so the Bereans are checking the word of God as the authority going there. Um, and it's, it's all basically comes down to the fear God and no man, like fear God and no authority. And so when, when we submit to authority, it's because we are submitting to God. We shouldn't be submitting to godless authority out of fear, out of cowardice, out of this is the way everybody's doing it. People are going to look at me awkwardly. That's um, a, yeah, that that thing I think is especially nice when you have a sheep as your main character. You've got it's not just yeah. bucking authority, but rebelling against cultural anxiety. Yep, which I think is often probably more potent than just yep. like the man is. Everybody's always standing. The time, the, the time is right. When we wrote this, and even when I expanded this, I never would have guessed that everybody would have been so compliant 
yeah. in in that pandemic we were handed um that still astounds me that it went like that and it sh- it shows how much more of a flock we are right uh we are sheep and so you do need those people who are willing to have the really awkward uh the really awkward conversation and do the really awkward thing such that people who never would have that courage can come behind them to have um, that sort of like that cheerful rebellion that just cuts through the yeah. anxiety when yep. anxiety is just giant herd confusion yep yeah because blah blah is not sitting there being like man i wish i wasn't a sheep no, he's not angry. No, not that's angsty. that's it's it's actually important to distinguish that he's not he's not. Yeah, we're not telling angst. an identity story, right? We're yeah. not ste- we're not stepping into the zeitgeist of wokeness where it's like, hey, let's do a black sheep. There's a little there's a little gay kid who just always wants to dance. Um, <laughs> yep. It's like no, and and so this is outlaw stories, and this this is actually a great time to talk about the architecture of stories because that's what this is. The architecture of the story is an outlaw rebel story. But what kind of outlaw, in what way, doing what things? A Chestertonian outlaw. Yeah, exactly. A Chestertonian outlaw. And, but, the, but the typology is outlaw story. So somebody who hates God and hates biblical norms and hates the traditional family can come along and tell an outlaw story. They can use the same architecture. Uh, and think of it as like building a house. Can somebody who hates God build a colonial house? Like, of course they can. And then could they put their, you know, their their free weed dispensary in it? Of course they could. Like, but we can come build a colonial house and use the architecture and typology of an outlaw story, which is every prophet and judge in the Old Testament. Like, it's all over the place. It is John the Baptist. It is Christ, too. It's like it's ultimately at the center of the gospel is is rebellion against the authorities of this world, the powers and principalities here. And you see that over and over and over again. Um, and and you see one of the ways God trains his characters that he really plans to use. He when he really plans to use them greatly, he trains them to be completely immune to the opinions of mankind. Or in this case, to the other sheep. <laughs> like just yeah. like he you has have a speech to be, impediment. Yeah, He's used to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you just you get used to everybody thinking you're a moron because you stammer, right? You yeah. Know? And how does it start? Um, blah blah blah. Actually, yeah, you should start your book <laughs> so they know it because it's, it, it's, it's it's a good <laughs> it's a good part. Always does it wrong. Yeah. Blah blah black sheep always does it wrong. Blah blah black sheep sings the wrong song. Blah. When everybody <laughs> when everybody else is saying bah. Yeah. Uh, he says blah. They want him and, to stand around and yeah. Uh, they they want them just to be like tight with the herd and stand and chew and bleat yep. and just like don't do what, all, what you're doing. All of Blah Blah's ants want him yeah. to be just. It's also not a mistake. Sheep are perfect for a couple of reasons. One is we are all compared to sheep. People and sheep are so much alike. Yes. <laughs> uh, two is, and this is this is the saucy part. Sheep are Uh-oh. all. Here we go. Use. uh, and you have the ants all of his ants you've got all this pressure of this you know this maternal pressure of uh, don't do what's not done that's really who cares a ton about not doing what's not done and like this isn't what we do and manners and all these kinds of things it's it's not like we're against those we're for those we're for culture and you know existing but it takes guys it takes takes guys who learn to not care of 
what what people are you know saying about them or or impressing upon them to really to really stand up and so um yeah because what that, i've seen like the lions not lambs yeah have you seen that you know that yeah, push in yep. kind of the red pill world where people are saying lion don't be don't be lambs like lions not lambs yeah and it's like okay those are two metaphors you just mixed them yeah those are two <laughs> those are two different metaphors that apply both to christ of both a lion and a lamb right um and so it's it's got to be both lions and lambs, right? Because it's and, like half the lambs become rams, half yeah, yes. become ewes. <laughs> yep. And and so the the question here is how much do we try to stomp on the aggression and the the curiosity of our kids? Like how much do we encourage it? How much do we want them to be asking questions and pushing and pushing and and forcing us to have reasons for what we're doing? Uh, and not just taking it for granted. Now we want them to be respectful, et cetera. Right. And women, um, women and moms provide that very important compulsion. Yeah, in I mean, a we're society. not trying. To, we're not trying to undercut this. But the the thing is, I have yeah. seen so many times when men are trying to police the behavior of other men because women will have their feelings hurt, and those women don't even have their feelings hurt. So in their defense, yeah. they haven't even had their feelings hurt. They're just being used by right. a guy as a threat. You yeah. know, we've, we all know the joke about men not wanting to deal with a woman crying. You know, it's just like, you know, this is how girls get out of speeding tickets and all sorts of like, just, okay, you can just go. We're not going to do this. Like, we can't deal, can't deal with this. But the number of times is like, we can't do, I, I've seen different groups around the country in different periods of whether it's story development or a board deciding what to do about something, you know, where it's like, well, but there are, there are upset women. Uh, and that's one, that's a powerful argument. Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but then, I have three daughters. <laughs> yeah. But more, but more, more often than that is there could hypothetically be at some point upset women. Yeah. It's usually not even actual upset women. It's just. That's the white knight move is that you move in to, to save the lady from distress, yeah. whether or not she actually should be distressed. <laughs> yes. And that's, I think you All need a time. guy to All be willing time. to say, this is the situation in which feelings must be hurt. Yeah. Like this is, you know, blah, blah. So anyway, blah, blah is yeah. this little, little boy personality uh, full of beans, wants to play with snakes. You know, he's, and yeah, he's misbehaving too. That's also kind of important. So he's, he's also misbehaving and then has to learn how to use his courage in the right way. So he's just being a handful, you know, he's biting, he's biting legs. He's, he's biting people. He's playing with snakes. He's doing these things. But then at the end, he actually has to take all of that and use it for the good of the flock, you know, for the whole, the whole flock. To defend the flock. Yeah. To defend the flock. And so it's, it's a real low level, fun kids book really simple but the architecture of it is an outlaw hero story so yeah who gets who has to leave his people yeah let's, his let's, skills. to overstate it it's the stone the builders rejected you know it's like it's <laughs> you know Jesus, you throw you, you throw you away gotta buy this book there's so much here yeah <laughs> so, but, the, the, but the point is like this is art that's architectural where the structure of this is there's a little full of beans kid that nobody wants to deal with and is banished is exiled uh, and is their only hope. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that is 
because things this, don't always stay peaceful meadow birds yeah. chirping and so that's and that's the it's the second act of this book yeah and so that's <laughs> the architecture of this very simple little story you can you can take that architecture and you can plug it into an entire tv series you can plug it into a big three-hour film epic like dune you can you can plug it into all sorts of different places and follow this architecture this happens to be a very low level, fun, playful, mostly rhyming <laughs> story about a little black sheep named Blah Blah, who is his flock's hope, but is so annoying in all of his potential that he's been, you know, that he's been exiled. So could somebody from another team who hates God try to write a black sheep story? Yes. And, or and even, have they? Of course they have. Of or course even they read blah blah black sheep and get the wrong metaphor. Yeah, or it. or put the <laughs> wrong put the wrong metaphor on it. Yeah, you know, it's like right. Yeah, to pro- they can project. People can project. They'll and, say, "Oh, this is an identity story." Yeah, not at all. So the the point of architecture and structure in story is the structure is the most neutral part. It is possible for structure to be consciously anti-Christian, meaning refusing to resolve or open that you, you can do all sorts of things where you're trying to buck against the way God made the world in your architecture. But when you're in a traditional three act structure, or if you're in an outcast typology, if you're telling a little prophet in the wilderness story, that architecture is neutral. Somebody could take that Tupperware container and fill it with gunk, or they could fill it with grandma cinnamon rolls. You know, it's like, it can be great or it can be bad, but it's, it's just a container. So the, the structure of it is a container. The actual message of it is we want and badly need a lot more rebels on, in our side of the world. Like we need people who are, uh, really comfortable in socially awkward situations, just not distressed by them, not consumed by anxiety, not getting swept along uh with with the stress and anxiety of everybody around them but very very comfortable growing up in a world where the many many powers and authorities will be against them and they need yeah. to just not care the, the the lesson i guess of reactivity like are you doing is is blah blah doing what he's doing because he's worried about how the flock views him yeah. or is he doing what he's doing because he is a ram who's growing up to defend the flock <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that overstates Correct. It. That makes it no, sound. No, it's it, it just it's, makes it sound. When you put the theme that overtly on the surface, you're gonna be like, "Oh, weird." That's like. A, well, the reason why we're talking about this is because the the world has used outlaw black sheep stories so much. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. try and push their version of outlaw black sheep. Sure, rebel you know, without a cause type stuff. It, yeah, yeah, but more and, gay kids, which is turning them all into the most boring sheeple you could possibly imagine and so there's a ton of very sensitive sheeple right now currently who are all complying to the world's old outlaw black sheep stories yeah and then you come around and you say blah like this one (laughs) and so this this is not this this story is not loaded it is it is not loaded with anything other than playfulness joy and an affirmation of of people who are not (laughs) compliant look at this one that one right there of the 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 sheep's face. I don't know. Running away from the coyote. I gave away the the villain. But come on, Brian. Spoiler, <laughs> Brian. So so anyway, this this one is not. It's not like we have it jam packed with Bible references or anything. It is just an affirm affirmation of joyful uh, outlaw behavior. Yeah, Chestertonian. The way you described, yeah. he enjoys the mud. Most of the other sheep just want to stay out of it. You yep. know. Yep. 
that's fun. I don't know what whatever he said about uh being comfortable in hot water. Who? Chesterton. Oh. Oh yeah. What was that quote? Do we uh, need to look it up? Yeah, I think it's like it keeps him clean. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. He's <laughs> like, but it's that kind of that kind of a thing. So Chesterton is an example of one of those outlaws. Uh, you know, and of course he was very yeah. uh fantastic guy. So anyway, this is a really basic rhyming thing. And the reason why we're talking about the structure and uh, pushing him as this outsider is because I don't want to concede the behavior of the judges, the behavior of these wilderness prophets, the structure that God uses to bring the outcast, the exile in to save the people. And he does that often. I don't want to just concede that to unbelievers and be like, no, that's yours now. We are the compliant ones. You are the ones that own, you know, the testosteronic outlaws. Like, it's just not, it's just not true. Um, <laughs> so that's, but I know people, because there are so many black sheep stories from the left, I, I know, and I, I mean that in a structural way. So I know people will read this and be like, wait, is this woke? <laughs> it's like. Yeah, they totally will. Uh, is John the Baptist woke? <laughs> you know, it's like, is this. He's wearing a sheep around his neck. That's, yeah. that's not woke. It's. I yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's, he's wearing not. a snake around his neck. Did I just say a sheep? She, yes, yes. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. about he's else. wearing a snake. <laughs> oh, I thought you were referring to he's John wearing the Baptist a camel clothing. Snake and I was like, around well. his neck. No, <laughs> yeah, uh, it did, and I not a say, rattlesnake to be clear, right? Yeah. Bull snake. We had to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, there was plastic scissors and ninja, and not a rattlesnake around blah blah. Well, I thought rattlesnake but, made did not make sense. Well, as you guys pointed out, he's not when he has the line where he ref is fighting cows. I remember you changed that because at first we'd drawn a bull and and the point was, well, you kind of do bullfight. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. it, it, he should- The arc would have been complete. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, uh, it needed to be a cow that he's yeah. trying to entice with the, the red tablecloth or whatever. Yep. I will, yeah, I will say not that probably anyone, not that this actually could be noticed, but throughout the book, I did my best to draw a sheep and a flock and a snake that was as unwoke as possible. <laughs> which means what does that translates mean? mostly to pupil shape <laughs> so oh, okay. he's not you know i didn't i didn't lean into the round sort of uh oh bubble people bubble bubble eyes bubble people you know like the every disney movie now looks the same and so he the problem is that old disney was very appealing as, as far as character design goes but i so i tried to borrow what i could from that and then make it a little well, a little more Miyazaki, just to make yeah. it less. Uh, I think the phrase classic. is "globo homo." Globo homo, yeah, I've, which is the art one. style right now. But uh, it is a yeah. technical description, not Every just Disney a rude movie. word. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect word for what it describes. It's yeah, corporate uh, art. Yeah, yeah, corporate. So art. don't go thinking that this is pushing uh, rebellion uh, against all authorities, because it's not. But it is, down. but it is pushing squirrely little boyhood, you know, and rebellion against knowing anxiety. that knowing that guys who are not easily pressured by peer pressure, of, uh, and who are full of beans and happy, they are our best hope. Like it's just they are. So and the and the, it's really easy for Christian schools and homeschool co ops and families and churches to see that that kid who is unafraid like you need to teach them to fear god but they're unafraid of what people think of them and it's really easy to be like don't you know people are looking <laughs> don't you like like 
don't you know what people think when you do this? Don't you know? Like, and trying to program and catechize that fear of the group. And we need kids who are going to grow up in a world where they are an incredible minority and they don't give a rip. They just don't care. And it's fine. They're totally comfortable being civilization's last hope. (laughs) 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 And that is why we have blah, blah, black sheep. In actuality, it's why we're doing it right now. Uh, We've had it for some time. So good stuff. And the art's fantastic. I'm really excited about it. I will say also, I'm excited about this one for us to, you know, he's a bit of a pill sometimes about the quality of the books. And <laughs> I think everybody got that. <laughs> again. I, yeah, I don't. And so the paper quality, say you buck, the paper quality for us was like, it's got to be uncoated, 100 pound paper. Again, <laughs> again, if and it's coated, why? It's because, because oh. I will tell you why. <laughs> are you on the, why are you on this nostalgic kick? No, it's not. Well, it's not nostalgia. It's, it's, yeah, it no, is. I'm gonna sound dumb. Uncoated. Uncoated. <laughs> no, change the order immediately. Glossy paper is it? There's like this. It's this glass between you and the artifact. It's like you're walking through a museum. You're not allowed into the illustration. It it's also just looks uncoated. alive. Come on. No, 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 no. If it's glossy, it looks like it's behind a TV screen. And you'll get that with the show. So it'll be alive with the show. But with the book, I wanted it to be dead, as immediate, and authentic. <laughs> Which and dead, fine, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no Forrest is right. For- I, it needed. I think I've said this before, but it needed. I wanted it to. I'm excited that you care. Feel old because I, if it feels okay. old, if it feels like it's been around for a hundred years, it could be around for another hundred years. Feeding okay. little. Black Plus, the other the part future. about it is Forrest got that first, the first proof back, and was like, "I want the colors brighter to pop more." They yeah, need to I, be yeah. Less. So, in my so, defense, the first proof was too dark, so I bumped the brightness by five points, which is. Not notice for an art for an <laughs> artist, so it's but still I too did. dark. But I did. No, it's not too dark. It's. It'll. It I love. Great. I love that you really There's cared little, about this. Yeah, oh, no, he did. It, he went to war on it. We. Uh, so funny. I got I left out of this war. No, you did. Yeah, I was just like, Forrest, do we really have to do this? And he was like, Yeah, we do. Do you see how this is? Western civilization needs to be this is at way. Stake. We I, need to get away from the screen. I, that's that's great. Yeah. Plus I'm, the other part that as we develop a show, when you grab the paper and you feel the thickness of it. This yeah. one feels substantial, which I think yeah, a sheet, needed some a substantial. It's woolly. Yes. Because again, like we, we care about it. It's even though it's, it's for kids, we want it to be. When is it released? As pretentious as possible. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, you'll unironic. Be, <laughs> you're able, you can order it right now and it will release uh, at least it's shipping out mid-October. So nice. Like, you're gonna I'm, be I'm very soon. excited about this one. It's been a long time coming. Let me say one more time, blahblahkids.com. Go for check it out. Kids. Purchase with the specials. We got a bunch of special offers. Nice the specifics. I think Nate and Forrest have both agreed to sign a bazillion book. And plates. because it's going to be unglossed, hundred uh, pound paper, we can actually sign in the book. Although yeah. I think we are it's doing like watercolors or something. Because I didn't think you wanted to sign as many copies as you're going to have to. It's <laughs> whatever. How, however, it works. Anyways, more stuff too. More I think rebels. Uh, we need more. Uh, this more. is all happening before it's finalized. But there's a print. Some other cool things in there you can get. Um, if you enjoyed Forrest's desire to have art directly in your kid's wall as opposed to in a book. Nice. You yeah, can there'll get be it. a print. Yeah, it's fun. Awesome. We want more rebels in the world. More good little rebels. I'm trying to think of what else. What other? What other Easter eggs there are in this? Oh yeah. The uh, the pair of eyes on the back cover. Do you want to say anything about those? Maybe you don't. This kind of gets us back to our Starling conversation. We're watching you. <laughs> eyes. Elon. No, I don't want to say anything about that. There is uh, there's, there, there's a nice grasshopper in the book that's just hanging out. The grumpy grasshopper. He's in the, you know. At the very beginning. He's the Easter egg? He's he's an Easter egg. There's okay. a lot. I mean, you, you aren't even getting the pictures of the Yeti kingdom. 
uh, oh, in yeah. the world there's, of snow. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. there's yeah. the pirates to get pirates. some, some oh, actual wife. There's a great Hergé nod where I just rip off one of his illustrations. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah. Is nice. that the pirate one? And it's funny because our, our yeah. source material here is Tintin. Tintin. We Miyazaki. love Tintin. We both grew up loving Tintin. Yeah. Miyazaki and, and Wyeth. Yeah. Although I do think you've pivoted more to Glenn Dean. Which is fine. Glenn's it's, the man. Glenn, I mean, and Glenn it, Dean stuff, if you haven't, if you don't know who he is, it will get But that's for his up. landscape, right? Yeah. All his I mean, I mean more, more how Forrest plays with color. Color, mm -hmm. like Glenn Dean's color work is less inspired by early Pixar and Wyeth now and is more Glenn Dean. Sure. That's, that's right. Yeah, Glenn Dean. And I would love, I'd love when I grow up someday to have, Glenn, <laughs> to have a Glenn Dean on my wall. So- no kidding. Glenn, if you're so listening. So that's not, this is not a criticism. We'll do anything it Glenn, takes. Glenn, please, please actually, come on the show, Glenn. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually picked out, I've actually picked it out, Glenn. I know which one I need. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's really, really talented and is yep. a Maybe. great, is a great influence. It's also fun. Side note, we can leave it here, but it is really fun when somebody's alive and working. Yeah. Actively. And there aren't and, many. And putting great stuff in the world that is worth being influenced by. Yeah. And he's, he's one of them. Yep. His work is fantastic. Speaking yeah. of people who also do other things, I think Forrest does have some fine art still for sale, right? Or <laughs> oh, are they down? Hey, I'm right? to paint. We haven't sold enough stuff yet today. Yeah. We pitched the book. But we can go clear, to ForrestDickinson.com, right? Clear out sure fine art. Let's do it. That's ForrestDickinson.com with two R's, not just one R. And, and yes, then, I do uh, have Forrest Dickinson originals hanging up in my house. My kids at the They're South still Campus. Affordable. <laughs> that Forrest, what's how Not big is that show. huge painting at the South Campus? Oh man, the uh, it is it like transcended a, dimension? I don't know. It's <laughs> so big. <laughs> it is absolutely enormous, and my kids get to eat, my my second grader gets to eat lunch under fine art every day, which is pretty cool. I don't is know. He getting his lunch on the painting. Uh, I haven't fine. I haven't seen that. any, but I would not be surprised. Those second graders are animals, so <laughs> <laughs> they're all black sheep. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. They are. You should see them on the playground. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Well, Forrest, thank you. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Thanks for being, you know, fussy about paper and stuff. <laughs> Somebody's got to. I that's guess. yeah. Somebody, yeah. somebody yeah, has I haven't to. Even that's told what I you. tell myself. I haven't even told you all the things he's fussed about. He also, <laughs> he also wanted the jacket pre-creased and folded, and you know, well, just there's a things lot. you know, you you fuss about ten things because you want one thing. Ideally, you want all ten, but you'll you'll be happy if you get a couple. I did, think he, did he got get all that. Those. Is he getting? Unfortunately, all that? he got that. Oh, so there's probably well, some I things that I fussed about, then forgot about the next day because they weren't a big deal. Right. I, I I have been playing that game. There are a few things that I they weren't on this project though. They were on other things where I You've said been playing games with me, Brian. A little bit. You just <laughs> told me you'd be. <laughs> you just straight keep, up the middle. You just keep the artist happy, just so he keeps working. <laughs> Not an easy thing to do, but you know. <laughs> so Nine, this yeah. hopefully we'll get this uh, the show really well underway. Forrest is working on test animation right now. I am. And this will be the second animated show we do together, which will be really fun. Yeah. So, and hopefully just as many millions of people will watch this one. Bazillions. Absolutely. As the last one. Uh, if you're yeah. interested in helping us out, all you got to do is subscribe to Canon Plus, like the Papua New Guineans. And we're full the circle Zambians, The Zambians. The Zambians. <laughs> the New, New Guineans. And lots of people. Don't get left out. Comply. Be like the other sheep. There we go. Right. And subscribe to Canon Plus. MyCanonPlus.com. <laughs> Perfect. Now Wait, we've, I now already we've said blah, 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 kids.com is the one I want you to actually go and to. Now, and the thing that's funny is we now we've pitched everything. We've pitched Canon Plus. We pitched blah, blah. And we've pitched Forest Fine Art. I'm like, what else can I sell? Yeah. What else can I sell? I've got a broken down lawnmower. Oh, hey, I've got a I got lawnmower it. I'd love to get rid of. You have not yet mentioned the third of the board books. 
because it was Hello Ninja, Blah Blah Black Sheep, and if zebras wow. ruled the world, there'd be a lot more Zs. Yes. <laughs> How does that fit into the that's global pretty, narrative right that's now? That's pretty fantastic. <laughs> if zebras ruled the world. I don't remember anything beyond that line. It's zebras versus Klaus Schwab right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it was back when those uh, the the high contrast black and white books were really, really in. And you wanted to do one that was all black and white because zebras had taken over and had yeah, painted everything down. But I don't think it ever got past the first line. That's such a good line. We all are very excited to see the second line. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm willing to bet a lot of money. It's never going to be seen. I'll treasure it up. Keep so it you all heard it here. That's I know all if zebras ruled the world is a pretty great. Uh, I mean, that's a, that was kind of like a more Sandra point and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Um, you want to just gift it to the audience at this point and let someone else take it? Just throw maybe. Maybe we just maybe we just throw <laughs> it out there. Source it. Yeah. Yeah. Throw it. Throw it out there. That could be fun. There. Um, I think. Yeah. There we go. Literally everything we could. We now, pitched. So. We pitched and pitched until we can pitch no more. Yeah. I'll sell my lawnmower next time. This has been SAS something. An enjoyable time with, with Illustrator Forrest, with Forrest, Forrest Dickinson. Dickinson. And of course, the two of us. And us. And I think we were on point. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> you guys were great. Thanks for having me on. It's good. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the episode of SASP. We enjoy having you all share your feedbacks and thoughts with us. Here I have for you the proofs of a new book. You might wonder why I don't have the book itself. Well, it hasn't arrived yet. I wanted to show you some of my favorite parts of Blah Blah Black Sheep. If you're in audio, of course, you're going to have to either uh, go to blahblahkids.com to check it out yourself or watch the video on Canon Plus. But here you can see the friendly grasshopper. Uh, not a super important character, but an, uh, he's on the title page anyway. <laughs> and then uh, the other page, here's the picture of Blah Blah Black Sheep singing the wrong song, Blah great stuff and then the last two I wanted to show you this great scene inspired by Tintin and her Jay blah blah's uh, uh, wondering if he should become a pirate sail the seas last picture I wanted to show you because you can't see all of them you'll have to wait for the book you don't get to see him running uh, with the wolves or him with the yetis he saves the baby yeti but you do get to see blah blah wondering if he should join a circus to become a fire breather or perhaps join a rodeo to bust Bronx. Anyways, this book is great. Please go to blahblahkids.com and check out the pre-order specials. Uh, some special bonuses there, along with getting your book signed by Nate and Forrest, and also being a part of making the show happen, Lord willing, and uh, many other cool things. So head to blahblahkids.com, get a copy for Under Your Tree.